Big Sky, Big Potential. In association with Mills and Reeve, this is Eastern Promise. Achieving more together. From the east of England to the whole wide world and all the ships at sea, this is the Eastern Promise podcast, exploring the full potential of the UK's most exciting region. Stand by for action. I'm Mike Rigby and welcome to episode 84 of the Eastern Promise podcast, wherein we'll be returning to our very popular series on how the Norfolk Brex can support the growth of Cambridge. We've reassembled our panel of experts to lay out why success is a team game where everyone wins. This time round, we're looking at commercial space in general and in particular, Snetterton Business Park. And finally, tis the season for the office yuletide shindig. But where do you hold your Christmas cracker, eh? We're making a list. We're checking it twice. It's a Christmas crowd sorcery. Earlier this year, Eastern Promise convened two expert panels to consider how the Norfolk Brex can support the growth of Cambridge. The push for laboratory space in Cambridge has brought forward some controversial applications in the city, such as converting the Grafton Complex and the Beehive Centre. And so, I wanted to explore whether other parts of our region can offer alternative solutions. Not by providing laboratory space outside Cambridge, after all, cluster's gonna cluster. But by accommodating those businesses making way for lab space, whilst keeping them within easy reach of Cambridge, with plentiful land, direct rail and road connections, and separated from Cambridgeshire by just a sliver of Suffolk, the Norfolk Brex is an excellent place to start. And so... Having looked already at the strategic opportunities afforded by the growth of Cambridge, this time we're laser-focused on commercial and industrial space in the Brex. Paul Downing, director of Snetterton Business Park, invited Eastern Promise to visit the park and record the next instalments of our podcast series there. Could we say no? We could not! In this second panel, we look at the wider commercial and industrial offer in the Norfolk Brex and how to take advantage of that. Anna Aldous from Mills and Reeve and Chris Starkey from Norfolk County Council join our panel. And as the hum of the air conditioning dies away... Um, that was a wonderful sort of tour around Snetterton Business Park and uh, the, the huge uh, opportunity for any business to come and, and, uh, and have a part of this site, which is so well located, such, such a prime location uh, in Norfolk, but uh, very close to Suffolk and within very easy reach of uh, 
Cambridge and points south, north and uh, west of that as well. To discuss the wider issues emerging from this park and, and, and uh, the way we in Norfolk are uh, seeking to attract new businesses to come here and the way we provide sort of the, the, the really, this really sort of cutting-edge modern business space. Who better to turn to than Norfolk County Council's Director of Growth and Investment? Is that right, Chris? That is correct. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> uh, Chris Starkey, who is always, always welcome on Eastern Promise. Chris, start by asking you what you make of this site and, and where sites like this one sit in the, 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 the grand scheme of things from, from, uh, from your, your spot at County Hall? Okay, so from a Norfolk perspective, actually from a regional perspective, Snetterton is a fantastic opportunity, possibly the biggest uh, opportunity right now in the county. I say that because it's rare to have the infrastructure already in place. So having a, a dual carriageway and a grade separated junction the things that uh, transport planners love but are terribly expensive uh, to deliver um, and land to die for. Um, we talked to, You talked in the earlier section about the electricity challenges and, uh, and, and so on, but those are being, those are being met. Um, and so, so I think Snetterton is, is beautifully positioned. It's beautifully positioned because of the types of industry that, that, that we think have great potential in Norfolk and in the region over the over the coming years, and with the growth in housing planned for Attleborough, for Thetford, for Norwich, for Cambridge, there there should be no shortage of shortage of potential employees. When we first did this panel discussion at Breckland Council, you were very, you very rightly pointed out that obviously Cambridge is is not the be-all and end-all. There are many other points in the country who would be uh, who, who would be fools if they denied themselves the opportunity to, to look at a site like this. That being said, how active are you able to be in sort of pursuing those, those companies and sort of advertising the fact that this site is standing ready, willing and able and that you're going to get more bang for your buck bluntly if you're planning to sell up in the Cambridge area to make space for labs? Um, so I think um, Snetterton stands on its own two feet as a as an attractive investment location or a location in which to invest. Cambridge is busy, expensive, but of course has uh, has centres of expertise and uh, and intellectual capital on on its doorstep. If you need space and you need the flexibility about growth because we've we've heard about equipment and, and wanting to move here but the ability to to continue growing it's hard to reserve space you want to grow in well it's hard to get space anyway in cambridge let alone oh and by the way we we might want some more space they'd just laugh at you if you said if you said that so so uh, and and yet it's it is beautifully located in terms of its proximity on the cambridge norwich corridor Mid mid between uh, Norwich and Cambridge, so we at the County Council think it's a, a has great development opportunity. Agree entirely with our colleagues at Breckland around that, and I think the 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 most important thing that development wise has happened is that you have a a group of developers willing to work together uh, with a constructive, a creative, optimistic vision, for, but also willingness to invest themselves. So. Um, 
it, you know you have uh, you have proactive developers wanting to to make things happen, being agile, being flexible, working with the local authorities who are wishing willing to do do our bit to try and move away some of the barriers, which is really the primary role of local authorities is kind of get out of the way, uh, get decisions done, and 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 support and so on. So so I think in Saturn we have we have really um and so a really great place and that's great that you 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 wish to highlight it and 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 tell more people about it because to be honest that's the one thing holding it back not everyone knows about it you know there's there's uh one of the recent uh, programs we did on eastern promise we took someone uh, who listens to the, the the podcast who's actually the life sciences and healthcare partnership lead for cambridge university and it was a tour of the Quadrum Institute. They were very happy to welcome her, very happy to give her the tour. She sort of wore the mic, not me, for the tour. And outside, I sort of, we sat down and said, they can't, I said to her, Dr. Tammy Dugan, they can't hear you now. What did you make of it? And the first words out of her mouth were, I didn't know this was here. Mm. I, I do worry sometimes that Norfolk sometimes seems to uh, lie low and hope no one notices. But I certainly hope they will notice this place. They absolutely should. Anna. Anna Aldous, who's brilliantly, fantastically returned from the previous panel. Mills and Reeve, just remind us what you do with Mills and Reeve. Yeah, so I'm a principal associate in our real estate team based uh, in both Norwich and Cambridge. Very apt for the podcast. And I specialise in large-scale mixed-use development sites. So both inclusive of residential and employment and all the community realm that comes with that as well. So as a, as a completely neutral observer, what do, you, what do you make of what you've seen and what you've heard so far? I think it's fantastic. I think, as Chris said, it is such a rarity to have a site of this scale ready-made, ready to go. Um, I am a firm believer that these projects have to be infrastructure-led and to not have to deliver access to a dual carriageway right in the middle of two fantastic innovation hubs in Norwich and Cambridge with lots of housing on the doorstep as well, you know, people would be tripping over themselves for those kind of sites. So I think what we're dealing with actually is something really special to begin with. That said, I think Paul is doing a phenomenal job uh, in nurturing that development. And something I'm really passionate about is stewardship. I think when you bring forward sites of this scale and this size, we've heard about the number of landowners, we've heard about the number of occupiers. What's really crucial is somebody with a single vision uh, willing to drive that project forward. And I think actually that's where where Paul and his company add some real value here. I mean, how how rare is that from your point of view? I mean, you you must work with a lot of people who work together quite rubber along quite nicely. But for a site of this scale, how rare is that to find that kind of unity and, you know, someone like Paul who wants to basically grab it by the scruff of the neck? And I have, you know, I absolutely know how you feel about that, but on a a much smaller scale, I know how you feel, to to drag that that through and get that really uh, motoring. It's probably one of the biggest hurdles I would say to getting these sites of this scale off the ground once you get past the infrastructure issue becomes funding you know there's also considerations around sustainability and transport design there are so many moving components as I'm sure Paul doesn't need me to to reiterate but having somebody sitting in there almost as a custodian uh, of the site and willing to drive it forward is rare Um, and actually I thought Chris summed it up really nicely it's actually working with local authorities who know when to pull the levers off actually what's really nice about um, 
feeding in from the Cambridge ecosystem. These business parks work really well um, when you bring in innovation, you have that culture of innovation, but things like seed funding, business rates relief, letting people grow, having the flexibility to do so in terms of space as well as money. Um, It's a really good example of actually people working together in a really constructive way to their own strengths. Again, one of the reasons I love doing this is to satisfy my own curiosity, but just talk us through what your sort of everyday role is as a, as a, as a, as a lawyer with, uh, with Mills and Reeve, because I'm just I, I'm fascinated. You obviously, you know, you know, you, you know your onions. But uh, yeah, if you just sort of outline what you do. Um, so the nuts and bolts are obviously the legal agreements that go to supporting these kind of parks. So it ranges from site acquisition and site assembly, giving people the ownership of the land to bring the park forward, taking it through the planning process, uh, supporting the construction of units, because obviously there will be legal relationships to parties on sites, uh, supporting people like Paul in terms of the leasehold agreements um, and the portfolio management, sort of the ongoing management of licenses, licenses, that kind of thing. all the way over to further disposals, supporting infrastructure, that kind of thing. So huge range of things. And you, and I remember vividly, and I'll come on to Andrew in a second, but I remember vividly one of your key pieces of advice when we first had this discussion in a wider context at Breckland Council was about the importance of a master plan. And obviously you've heard those the, the, that magical word already uttered this afternoon. Do you want to just sort of, for those who might not have heard the first one, just t- talk us through from your point of view the importance of having that master plan and, and that kind of shared vision between all the parties? I mean, it, I think it's key to driving the project forward. Um, the one mantra I have uh, on large-scale development is flexibility, not prophecy. So whilst you do have a master plan, I think that's important for coordination in terms of things like design, funding, uh, establishing the community, both the employment and the sort of residential that will support that. That master plan is your linchpin to doing it coherently and bringing it all together. I think the developments that are less successful do master planning either very rigidly flexibility not prophecy um, particularly you know when you've got 65 acres here it's not going to happen overnight we've already talked about james's lead in time for units being able to flex that uh, is important and i think that's where local authorities really can help as part of the planning process i know we like not to moan on this podcast i have my own thoughts about uh, the, the planning system in and of itself but Having those um, outline planning permissions, the broad permission to do something that has the flexibility within it to grow with the site as the site grows and the occupiers in it, uh, I think that's going to be really key. Fantastic. Andrew Holdsworth, Breckling Council, can I just ask you to reflect before I bring Chris Starkey in and give him a chance to tee up the, 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 Norf- the Norfolk uh, economic strategy? Just reflect on what you've heard so far and, and what this, this means for Breckling going forward over the, ne- the coming years. Yeah, it's great to hear. It's, we know we're fortunate enough to be kind of in a place where this amazing opportunity exists. And it's very difficult until people come down here, even when you come down here, just spend time driving around and see the scale of potential opportunity here. I guess to pick up on some of the things you've just heard, I think there is a degree of uniqueness here. And it's one of those issues is that we're actually talking about five landowners with a big shared vision that I think is 
really impressive in that it is cohesive, but it is very flexible. There is a very diverse range of offer that a, a potential investor could find here, whether it's, um, as we've heard earlier, some businesses really aren't interested in freehold ownership because that's just not their bag. They don't want to be holding property. They want to be doing what they want to do best. Others are absolutely wanting to own their own sites, and there is that mixed offer here across across the whole space. I know you're one of the points you 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 articulate very well is the the opportunity of lab space and lab ground space. I think one of the the beauties of this site is there are scale to do that, but it's not just that. We see we see a lot of inquiries around manufacturing, production, um, a new logistics centres just um, opening across the road. There is a already a very large centre for uh, alternative energy production with the um, power plant across the road. There's a kind of interesting set of synergies happening here that, that can feed in and support a number of industries. Uh, one inquiry that we're working with at the moment as well around um, training provision and, and education, a real mm-hmm. keenness for providers to be much closer to the businesses that they want to be um, providing talent into um, and, and a sense f- from the, the kind of FE sector that they can see that something's growing here and they would like to have a, a, a footprint on the space as well. So we see the potential quite diverse in what this could be but perhaps tied around a few key sectors that 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 really work uh, in norfolk absolutely so chris i'm going to make good my uh, promise slash threat to ask you uh, having spotted it on on linkedin uh, that uh, you'd, you'd holding sort of workshops about the norfolk economic strategy what can you tell us Okay, so what's the Norfolk economic strategy? Why are we having a strategy? What's the point of an economic strategy? So that presumably is your, well, your I mean, range it's, of uh, questions. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's firmly within the county's bailiwick to have an economic strategy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm just excited to, to, to hear what's what's going into that, the conversations you're having and and any anything you can share. Yeah, so, so the purpose of uh, an economic strategy really is to take a look at what are the things that we're doing well, we're doing badly, uh, what are the needs of businesses? What are companies telling us they need? Is it space? Is it money? Uh, is it staff? Um, and so on. And then act as a kind of uh, a blueprint then for that growth. Um, that'll enable government to invest in the area. It'll enable local government to invest in the area. It'll attract private private sector investment in, into the area and so on. So, um, and, and why we're doing it? Well, the economy is changing. I mean, I think Economies evolve over time, economies move you know, over the generations and so on. But we're certainly in a period of flux at the moment, um, I think sort of jolted on by the pandemic, the financial crash of 2008, changes in working patterns, new technologies. All of those things are kind of are making what a future economy will look like different from today. Of course, low carbon decarbonisation agenda and so on. So so we want to kind of look at all of those things in the round, um, look at um, employment levels, um, wage levels, skills levels. You know, have we got the right sort of jobs? Have we got the right sort of industries? How do we nurture and bring forward? How do we build on our strengths? How do we nurture and build uh, on um, some of our really successful businesses? And where have we got gaps? Where are there... Uh, and how can we kind of back those industries of the future and encourage them to either be based here because they were here to start with or indeed in, attract them in? And um, on your earlier, uh, the earlier session, uh, we heard from Equipmaker, Equipmaker, a perfect example of the type of business that um, uh, is really important to the UK's future, let alone 
Brecklands, let alone Norfolk's, let alone Snetterton's, the UK's future. This is a business that's really in, uh, a real uh, technology pioneer in uh, electric uh, automotive space. Um, so how do we help businesses like Equipmake really choose to be here and want to stay here and be able to grow here? Um, and in a way, that's that's a kind of a snapshot of what the, the strategy is about. So it'll take in, you know, skills. What skills do we need to do? How how do we need to invest in in, in our universities and our colleges? It'll take in how to what what infrastructure, whether it's digital infrastructure, utilities. We, t- we talked about energy and power earlier, um, and it'll also take in take into account what what support practical support we we need to uh, provide for businesses. I mean, that's that, that. It seems obvious to me that that's the kind of thing that you would, a sensible, responsible local authority would engage in. And, and I would imagine I'm looking at Andrew again now, and he looks looks up with a certain amount of what? Um, that's obviously a, within within the, within the purview of of the responsibilities of a district council. You you have done and will do in the future similar things in terms of looking at how how the the, the business support side of things works, and that you'll keep that under review. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't be in economic development if I didn't like good strategy every now and then. But I think what is really uh, positive about the way uh, Chris and his team are sort of approaching this is I think everyone's keen we, to, to make sure that our focus moving forward is on doing stuff and working to achieve and sort of address some of the challenges and opportunities um, in Norfolk. We've, we know what a lot of the things are that we need to do. Um, so we're absolutely constantly reviewing what the right thing is to do but focus will be on delivery and i think it's built with stress that uh the strategy we're developing is a strategy for norfolk it'll be it's bottom up so that it comes from place so we're working closely with breckland colleagues on the future breckland strategy making sure that's woven in making sure that it isn't a blank piece of paper the economic strategy because there's already established established really good work at a local level and at a county level, uh, and we'll be looking to kind of build on those on those pieces. It's why, in a sense, it, it describe it the first piece of the economic strategy is a stock take. What's going on now? Mm. It's kind of um, how how are we doing, and, and and most importantly, how do partners in particular parts of the county want to proceed? Because uh, we want to you know walk in lockstep with the work that Breckland's leading on. Um, in the market towns, as a, as one example, and here in Snetterton, we we couldn't be more joined up on wanting to work uh, as a partnership, bringing bringing forward the site. So uh, so while uh, Breckland will have its strategy, which will be more focused, more granular, we'll have a strategy which is county wide. The two will uh, the two will be quite similar. <laughs> Again, it's, it is one of the reasons I love doing it, not just because I live in Breckland and in Norfolk, but because there is that, I think, really, really good synergy. I'm not, I don't, and I don't wish to say that that's not happening with other uh, local authorities in Norfolk. You spend too much time in Cambridge where they might. <laughs> I'm sure I don't my, know what you mean, my, Chris. I my, there might I, be more. Like to, there might be more earthy conversations I do, I between do like authorities to around, the, around the region. That <laughs> that is true. But one of the the key mantras of Eastern Promise is we we don't try and force everyone into an amor- an amorphous blob. We take each part of the region on its own terms. And this is very much a conversation that uh, I'm not. I sound like I'm chiding you now. I'm not. I'm not in the slightest light. You're having a bit of fun with me, and I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's it, what I love about doing this is you have those conversations in in their own terms in 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 
look focus, focusing on what is best for them, not trying to tell them from high, uh, way up high above that uh, what's best for the region is actually best for them, and uh, that that's wonderful. Anna, just have you any any last reflections? I shall go round and see if any any last reflections. Have you any 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 thoughts you'd like to share? Paul's right here. Paul Downing of of Snetterton Business Park is is to my right. He uh, 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 in in space, not in politics, but. Um, <laughs> Any, any thought? <laughs> I'm not quite sure where to lead on from that, if I'm honest, Mr Rigby. Um, I think for me it's just a reiteration, actually, what a great job has been done today and the potential it has. Um, I think one of the other key things we haven't really talked about, actually, is the role of the, the patient capital approach that yes. uh, Netterton has taken. And I think... Um, for companies like Equipmake, that has made a huge difference. If we're talking about economic growth, you know, allowing those innovative startups to move out of that expensive space in Cambridge, somewhere like Snetterton with that patient capital approach is hugely beneficial. You know, giving them a breather uh, on funding, giving them flexibility of space that they can grow with um, is an opportunity I don't think they're going to find in many other places. Paul, what I'm going to do right now is in just a second, I'm going to wheel back so you can come and take on this, take, just speak to this mic a second and just give us an idea of, of, of what you've taken sitting here listening to the second part of this discussion. Are you ready? Ready. Go. <laughs> I think what I've taken from today is that um, just a reminder that we're all thinking along the same lines and trying to pull together to deliver um, our vision. And I think that I think that's great, right from county through to local district district councils. And I think you're doing a marvellous job of sort of spreading the word, and we're, we're very grateful for that. And I think anybody that's looking for space uh, along the Norwich Cambridge Tech Corridor should have a look at it. Snetterton. It's a great place to be. There's um, us, there are four other landowners here that are interested in space. You know, we're, together we can deliver, um, you know, some great commercial space, regardless of what industry you're in. Worth having a look, look at the um, the joint venture website, which is snettoncommercialhub.co.uk. tells you about all the landowners, the incentives available by Breckland Council in terms of business rates and the types of, uh, the types of buildings and land that are on offer um, for all the parties. Thank you very much, Paul. Anybody got any last reflections? I can cut this if, if everyone wants to shake their head at me and we can end it on that. Thumbs are up. Thumbs are up. Thank you ever so much, everyone. I've really enjoyed this discussion. Uh, it was uh, due to circumstances. It was a bit rough and ready, but we got there in the end. And uh, thank you. It's, it's, it's just wonderful to be here. Wonderful to talk about the, 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 the amazing things that are going. I, don't, I, I never fail to end these sessions with, uh, with a smile on my face, but thank you all for coming. In our hyper-competitive world, we've become inured to the idea that for every winner, there has to be a loser or losers. Not so. Success in our region is not a zero-sum game. Far from it, never has been. In fact, as games go, it's much more like a jigsaw or a model kit. The pieces don't fit together every which way. But if we're wise... Together, we can assemble something wonderful, which we can all celebrate. My thanks to everyone who took part in the discussion. 
and Paul Downing at Snetterton Business Park for the very warm welcome and the Cadbury's chocolate mini rolls. I'm glad he didn't check my pockets on the way out the door. To hear other episodes of the Eastern Promise podcast and to find out more about what we do, go to our website at easternpromise.org.uk. Eastern Promise is a Priors Croft production in association with Mills and Reeve. Achieving more together.